Welcome to Horror Struck. What's up, little horror babies? Welcome back to Horror Struck, a horror commentary podcast where we look at the genre through the lens of a diehard fan and of me, a scaredy cat. I am Riley Ott. I am joined by my co-host and best friend, Cecilia Dalbert. This week, we took a look at the 2016 film Train to Busan, directed by Song Ho Young. Spoiler warnings for 2016's Train to Busan. There will be many spoilers and many incorrectly said Korean words by Cecilia. I wrote down all the names and I think Korean names are pretty self-explanatory. I don't think they're like trying to trick you. So I think they're all like pronounced phonetically. I'm just bad at pronouncing names in general. Well, that's fair. I guess then I'm sorry. I, I could be pronouncing all of these names wrong too. I tried to pay attention when the movie was playing, but there was a lot going on so it was a little hard to <laughs> yeah what have you been up to anything fun or exciting happened to you since uh we recorded last i feel like there was something but i know we both watched a movie that we both really liked but i think we're probably gonna do it yeah we did oh you know what i just realized what i never picked a movie maybe i'll just pick that one i sent you that list i was like i can't decide <laughs> and i never actually landed on one. Oh no and i wasn't any help I mean, Lake Manga scared the shit out of me, so if you want to pick that one for next week and you were trying to scare me, that works. We'll see when we get to the end. I'll look at my list and I'll make a quick on-the-fly decision. Okay, that'll be fun. Some anticipation for me through the whole episode. Yes. Anyway, you asked what I've been doing. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, at this point, things are so mundane that going to Dollar General is a whole event in itself. I feel like I've just been doing super boring shit. But I'm like, oh, I've left the house. Crazy. I know the feeling. What are you doing? What am I doing? Um, I don't think I've done anything. I get my second shot tomorrow. That's exciting. Which will be fun. How long is the wait period after that before you can be safe again? Like two weeks, I think? I don't remember what it is. I'm sure they'll tell me tomorrow. I am not sure if I'm gonna get bad symptoms afterwards, so Tuesday is my sick day. Whether I'm sick or not, I'm not letting myself do anything productive. (laughs) I've heard with the Moderna shot that if you've had COVID already, then the symptoms after your first shot are going to be worse than the second, but I don't know how true that is. I hope it's true because I didn't feel great after my first shot. I don't want to feel worse. Yeah, I think on my sick day, I'm just going to try to watch all the Oscar movies I can because I was so determined once the nominations came out. I'm like, I'm going to watch everything and I've watched like one thing. I think I've watched two. Oh, no, no, no. You must have seen at least two because I know we watched Nomadland and then we each watched Promising Young Woman. Oh, that's true. And I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7 and I watched that Wolf Skin, not Wolf Skin. Oh, Wolfwalker. Wolfwalker. Wolf it's similar because it's about the girl who was able to transform into a wolf. I'm glad they didn't name it Wolf Skin because I would have just assumed that was about like skinning wolves. <laughs> Probably a much different movie. I think I watched almost every single Oscar movie from 2019 and I've watched like two this time because the theaters are closed. I have such a hard time paying attention if I'm at home and there's stuff to do. I won't do it. Yeah, it's much easier to pay attention when you're at a theater and you've already paid to be there. When I have anxiety, I don't want to get up in the middle of the movie theater. They'll yell at me. Who? I don't know. (laughs) But it forces me to stay still. Oh, I know what you mean. And I probably don't have it as bad as you, but there are two reasons why I never get up to go to the bathroom during the movie. And that is, I don't want to miss anything. And I don't know why, but I'm like, everyone's going to stare at me if I get up. The first time I ever went to see a movie by myself, which is now one of my favorite things to do. It's great. I love it. It was when you were working at a movie theater and I was like, I'll go see Cecilia at work and I'll go see a movie. And I got there and the whole last like half hour of the movie was me 
trying to plan in my head which direction I was going to walk out of the theater once the movie ended. I was just having an anxiety attack about it. I'm sorry about that. Anxiety sucks. I mean, it's not your fault. I saw uh, The Descendants. That was a good movie. Oh, yeah. I like The Descendants. Yeah, it was really good. Was it called Descendant or The Descendants? Because isn't The Descendants that Disney movie? <laughs> I think they're both named the same thing, though, aren't they? The one with, like... There probably are. Um, George Clooney and Jalene Woodley. One is about being in Hawaii, and the other one is about being on an evil island. With Disney villains' children, right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, Cameron Boyce was in that. Yeah. And then he tragically passed away it was very sad and uh i think her name is cameron dove the one who's gonna be in the new powerpuff girl show that sounds familiar she plays mal i've seen the first one i'm definitely not in that age range anymore i don't think we ever were i think those movies came out like pretty late right because i know my friend katrina's daughter really likes them there are some movies that come out that like aren't necessarily made for me but i still like them but nah i it can't. That's true. I loved um, Teen Beach Movie. Yeah, that was that so good. Great. And I know I'm way out of the age range. Have you been watching anything? Anything you want to talk about? I've slowed down a lot on reading, and I think it's because I'm not at all into the book I'm reading right now, but I'm so close to being done with it that I'm just like, fuck it, I guess I'll finish this eventually. I've just been watching, like, lighthearted stuff recently. Like, I just watched all three of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies, like, this weekend. They're so cute. They're so silly. I love those movies make you feel good i don't think horror wise i've watched anything besides yeah like mungo have you watched anything other than like mungo horror wise i watched this movie on shutter that tiktok recommended me it was called z and it was about this family, mostly the mom who deals with her son who has an imaginary friend. And then the story kind of evolves from there. It's hard to really talk about it without spoiling anything. But it was really good. It was probably one of the better creature designs I've seen in a really long time. And I really wish that they actually would have used it more. They did a very good job of, especially there's something at the end where the monster is more involved, but they show a lot of it from the monster's perspective. It was really good. I highly recommend it. I wonder if they just didn't show the monster or whatever character design more just to cut costs. Is it like a CGI thing? The monster they created was like CGI, but oh, it was just so good. There was one moment in it that... (laughs) It honestly, like, I, like, gasped out loud when it happened. I was so shocked by it. It was good, though. Yeah, when you told me about it a couple days ago, it reminded me of the Come Play movie that came out. Yeah. But I heard that wasn't very good. It might be a similar premise, yeah. This movie was really good. I'd highly recommend it if you have Shudder, or they might have it playing on Amazon. I didn't even look, but... And then I watched The Rocketeer for the first time. What's that? It is a movie, a Disney movie that came out in the 90s. It's got a pretty big cult following. It's essentially like an adventure serial set in the 30s where a pilot comes upon a like jetpack. If you type it into Google, it'll it'll come up. I'm sure you've probably seen like images from it around the internet and stuff because it's got a pretty big cult following behind it. So Michael and I decided to watch it. And it was... I think my expectations going into it were way too high. That's fair. I don't know why, but when you said the name of it, I don't think the name is similar at all. But do you remember that play we saw? 
God, how would I even begin to describe this? We saw it because I think Jenna was like the stage manager or something. And it was about space people that sang songs. The Starmites? Were they called the Starmites? Is that what it was? Starmites? Starlights? The mighty star something? We fight to the something? Yeah. I don't know why, but you said that. It was like, it's got to be the exact same thing, right? <laughs> I love that play. I thought that that musical was so much fun. I liked it a lot, too. Like, I don't remember any of it now. I keep wanting to say they were like baseball playing astronauts that were also superheroes or something. Like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I think the premise was that the main character, who's a girl, she like, like Dorothy gets her head like conked and somehow transports herself to another world where there's like this fighting force called the Starlights or the Starmites. And they like yeah. recruit her to fight the bad guy with them. I remember the bad guy being really fun and creepy too it was like a lizard that was a weird play i really liked it okay sorry i don't know why you saying that jogged my memory no no you're good the rocketeer it was fine but i think if you want to watch a movie that's like based on an adventure serial just watch indiana jones it's a lot better there's a moment in the rocketeer where um is it okay if i spoil this for you uh yeah absolutely the main villain you find out that not only is he this actor who has like hired the mob to like help him find this rock but he's actually like a Nazi. What? They're at Griffith's Park. Just like a fucking um, Zeppelin appears out of nowhere. And you're like, how the fuck did they get that into California and America without anybody noticing? Maybe it was invisible. Yeah, it was kind of nuts. But Timothy Dalton played the villain and he was the best part of that whole movie. I just looked up the cast and they they had a lot of names I recognized. Like Jennifer Conley's in it. Alan Arkin is in it. I literally just forgot all the rest. It has a pretty decent cast. I shouldn't have had my expectations so high going in because I've just heard a lot of people talk about how much they love this movie. And it's not bad by any means, but it's very hokey. Even too hokey for me. Yeah, it's probably just like a nostalgia movie. Like they saw it, loved it as kids, and I'm sure that's half of the movies that I like now. But I think that's all I have for ketchup. Should we talk about the movie? Let's talk about the movie. So this week, uh, we watched Train to Busan. I love this movie. It's so good. I think it's definitely the best modern zombie film. What are your general thoughts and feelings? So 25 minutes into the movie, I remembered that zombies scare me. So I was like, let me record my reaction just in case this movie gets really scary. It's about an hour and a half of me sobbing. It really gets you in the feels. It's great. It was one of the best, if not the best zombie movie I have ever seen. And going into it, I was not expecting that because we had that zombie phase through the the early 2000s into like 2012. I figured it's very played out. This movie came out in 2016. It's just going to be some like Michael Bay exploding zombies, snakes on a train kind of movie. It was not that at all. It was more than I ever expected. The way they set this movie up, I think, is really brilliant. I love the Korean sensibility of it. And we talked about this because they've announced they're going to like do an American remake. I I mean, they haven't started production or anything, so we'll see. I know James Wan is attached, but I think he's only attached as a producer. I, we talked about this. It's not going to work in America because our train system is awful. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. Like, logistically, it wouldn't work. We don't have those systems. I guess, like, the, what is it, the Chicago Metro is, like, the longest one in America, and it's still not very long. Yeah. 
I mean, unless they said it, like, in the near distant future where maybe, like, President Biden has built us a bunch of railroads because he loves trains. If he could get on that and stop dicking around and bombing countries, that'd be good. Oh, man. Everything's always terrible. Yeah, I think the way they set this movie up is very smart because they do a very good job of establishing all the characters. And I love the fact that it it reminds me a lot of Shaun and the Dead just in the fact that they build it up slowly. So you kind of start to see the things that are wrong way before the characters do and then it just kind of slowly builds and I love the like claustrophobia of it the fact that they're trapped on this train with all these zombies have you noticed that that's kind of been a theme with our movies recently it's almost like we all feel trapped and claustrophobic right now fact I think the acting is really good I love all the characters they introduce I love the way they play with Korean culture in this and the best example I can think of is the fact that so right when the train leaves when they first get on the train that one woman like jumps on who's clearly been bitten and is infected and when someone goes to be like hey there's somebody in the bathroom you expect it's gonna be her but no they're complaining about a homeless guy no one even notices the infected woman until she is literally ripping someone's throat out I like what they do with our expectations with the homeless man whose name I forgot to write down. Actually, I don't know that they ever give him a name. I called him the hobo because he's riding the train. Oh, doesn't work out for him. Yeah, I gave everybody nicknames. There was the dad. Actually, I think the only one I didn't give a nickname was Suan. Is it Suan? Yeah, his daughter's name. Yeah, she was the only the only name I could catch. And so everyone else had a nickname. So there was the dad, there was the hubby, there was Pragers, there was uh, the prick. Yeah, these are pretty similar <laughs> to what I wrote down. There was baseball boy and baseball girl. Yeah, I think the only reason <laughs> Suan's name stuck is because they're like constantly shouting it. I got big dad. Daddy, Prego, Evil, Baseball Boy, Baseball Girlfriend, who I thought they were siblings at the beginning of the movie. I don't think they are siblings. I think no, they were no. together or both. No, because I, I, I think their first interaction was she's essentially like, you're going to date me. And he's like, I don't want to. And they're like, come on, she's great, date her. She's like, I'm going to wear you down. Why was she even there? She was like their cheerleader. I think she was just going to support their team. They just brought one cheerleader? No, she just showed up. Like, they were all like, what are you doing here? Oh, like literally was there to like watch the baseball game. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, I'm your cheerleader. So I decided to come. Also, I very dumb that in the beginning I couldn't figure out what sport they were playing and then I was like oh they have the hats it's baseball I couldn't either until they had baseball bats in their hands I was like oh I guess it's baseball <laughs> I wasn't focused on that yeah I was like what is the most popular sport in Korea and I'm like I have no idea baseball baseball man back to what I was saying about the homeless guy no I like that they change the audience expectations of what's going to happen there too because I think they want you to think oh no maybe he's infected too but you're right they just weren't paying attention to that girl in the background because they're so focused on like the classist crap of like oh no this homeless man doesn't have a ticket get him out of here well and the ironic thing about that too is that when they open the door and they're like you got to get out the infected girl's literally in the bathroom across from that (sighs) i get so stressed out when i think of that scene where the train employee i don't know what he is i I keep wanting to call them like flight attendants i just called them attendants is standing there making sure like everyone's boarded she's right behind him she just stumbles on loudly like how did you not You are really bad at your job. Literally, she like runs on. (sighs) Ugh. 
I really like the character arc that they gave the dad character. Mm-hmm. If his arc didn't work, I don't think you would probably cry as hard as you do at the end of this movie. The character arcs for every single character is great, but his especially, you are absolutely right. And without it, it would not make that emotional payoff at the end worthwhile at all. The movie would just be a bust. And I thought very early on that they were going to kill him off in one of the first like zombie appearances. I am so glad that did not happen. Yeah, when um the zombie infection really kind of starts to spread. Everyone's kind of standing around trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. What's happening? This movie was very stressful. It's an indication of if you see a bunch of people run past you, maybe you should just get up and run too, just to be safe. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. thought the movie as a whole, also just speaking of things up top that I really liked, visually incredible. Especially the way that they do the movements of the zombies, like the contorting that the the stunt people did. It was terrifying. So creepy. And there were a lot of really good visual scenes, like at the end when you've got all the zombies piled up and you see the like aerial shot of them holding onto the train. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was this one scene, I think I like jumped out of my seat when they were showing, they were watching a video of what was going Going on on one of the characters phones and they show that video of the zombies falling off of the helicopters like onto the street it fucking terrifying <gasps> done really well though because that could have looked really dumb yeah every fight scene also they did a really good job with it i'm not an action movie fan but every fight scene was really intriguing and like well played and smart what the characters were doing it usually takes me out of the movie and i kind of stop paying attention but not in this they were all choreographed really 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 well yeah i agree and i love how op the really nice husband is there's a moment where they're like going through the train cars and he literally just like lifts someone up and like throws them against the ceiling and i was like okay so i'm pretty sure i don't think i wrote down the actor's name who plays him but i know i've I've seen him in other things he was originally a stuntman and he just got cast in uh the marvel movie yeah the eternals he's gonna be playing gilgamesh eternals yeah yeah so that'll be exciting which I think it's going to be great. Yeah, he was so good in this movie. I think he was my favorite character. Oh, he's my favorite for sure. Him and little girl. Those are my favorites. The girl who played Suan was so fucking good, especially that scene at the end. Oh, with the song. Oh, it melted my heart. The scene where her dad is dying and she's just holding the pregnant lady and fucking wailing. Oh, heartbreaking. Little kid actors who can do shit like that are so impressive. I also like that she's a little sassy. I don't remember what it is she says directly to her dad or she's like, you don't care about anyone but yourself. Yeah, she says a couple things to him like that or in the very beginning when they're before the outbreak has happened on the train, she's trying to find a bathroom to use and they're like trying to kick that homeless guy out and the business prick guy is just like this is why you need to stay in school and she's like my mom said that anybody who said that is an asshole yeah she said because the guy's like if you don't get good grades you'll end up homeless she's like my mom says evil people say things like that it's like well your mom must have flunked out of school like no we just got a bunch of huge foreshadowing because you are an evil prick oh he's so evil that's another thing that i really liked about this movie he's probably the worst villain in this whole movie absolutely he ruins everything everything for everyone he is way worse than the zombies i about lost my mind towards the end when they they get to the station that's blocked so they have to try to get to another train and he's just like running and not shutting doors behind him it was just driving me crazy oh i was furious it really fucking sucked when the train conductor who was like genuinely trying to save them gets like everybody killed yeah he gets all of my favorite characters killed so fucking mad he like hops on when the baseball couple are
are there. I'm like, all right, they're doomed. Fucking throws her out to the zombies. What's his name? Young Sue. Asshole. I just kept calling him prick. He's so evil. I fucking hated that dude. Yeah, the movie does a good job of making you hate him more than any of the zombies. Even though the zombies are what are technically killing people. It's not the zombies' faults that they're like that. They're just eating. They're hungry. They don't know what they're doing. He does. I tried to look up to see if the director or if like anybody in the crew had done anything that I was familiar with, but I honestly just haven't seen that many Korean films. I don't really know any of the uh, director's other works. I haven't either. The person who did the music, though, they also did the music for The Wailing, which I really liked. I remember you talking about it. I don't remember what it is, though. It's hard to describe without spoiling it. The Wailing is essentially like a murder mystery, supernatural story, but it's hard to describe without giving things away. It was good, though. Yeah, that's fine. Don't do that. I looked at the director and it looks like before this film, he really only did animated films. And there is an animated prequel to this film called Soul Station, which looks really interesting. I've heard the sequel is not very good, but I am excited to look at the prequel. I heard the sequel is really bad. Yeah, I heard it was basically just became like a Michael Bay zombie explosion movie. Well, and yeah, that's what I heard too, is the reason that a lot of people didn't like it was because of the fact that it seemed very American. Mm. And also apparently the characters are not nearly as likable as they are in this movie. Yeah, that's kind of what makes this movie... Without that character development, the ending's not payoff at all. And that ending is, ugh, just chilling. So good. I don't think I had anything else for up top. Yeah, I think that's all I had. Shall we jump into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, so our movie begins with a hint of what is to come, which is there is, like, a truck. I think he's a farmer. He's, like, driving through a checkpoint. They do talk about, like, a biotech zone maybe having a leak. As he's driving, he hits something. And he's like, ah, I hit a deer. Stupid deer. He drives off, but then the camera pans over and you see the deer in the creepiest way get to its feet and then look at the camera and it's got those dead zombie white eyes and so you know what movie you're in for i really like that opening scene just the subtle hints of like what's about to happen also i fully thought he hit a human with the amount of blood that was smeared across the road yeah sir i'm sorry the front of your truck would just be like totally fucked how did you hit a deer that hard and you just drive off unscathed deer there's got a lot of blood man yeah they're big it's a brilliant way to start the movie because and i mean if you're going to this movie you know there's gonna be zombies but they've pretty much told you like hey it's already begun nobody realizes it yet so i love the way that it starts it starts with the animals which is also really frightening it's not just people that are zombies animals are zombies too that's why i'm kind of disappointed that the sequel sucks apparently because just the thought of not being able to escape this at all is so interesting My question is, so in this universe, animals can also become zombies. Does that mean bugs can become zombies? I mean... Could you imagine a bunch of zombie spiders coming after you? Are cicadas not just zombies? No, they're just like... They're waking up. They just like to take really long naps. Me too, but what is it, like 17 years? Jesus, buddy, wake up. Wake up, man. You remember in seventh grade when we went to Cincinnati and it was like one of the big cicada years and they were just fucking all over that zoo? Yeah. Ugh. I forgot about it until right now, but yeah, now that you mention it. It was awful. 
awful. It was not good. They're scary. And I remember, I don't remember who it was. Somebody around us was not afraid of them and they kept picking them up and throwing them at people. Cool. Sounds like an asshole. All right. So we get our opening and then we get to meet, oh goodness, I guess I will attempt to say everybody's name. Oh, I didn't even write everyone's name down. (laughs) I got them written down. Who do we meet? We meet our lead. I'm going to call dad for the rest of this movie, but his name in the movie is Siakwu. That's, yeah, that sounds right. Woohoo! Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he's essentially like our lead of the movie. He is a fund manager, I think. Mm-hmm. They insinuate that he might actually be one of the people that are responsible for the leak. I was trying to follow this, but I don't understand finances. So I think the idea was that they sold a bunch of the biotech company's stock. And so maybe they didn't have as much money. So the leak happened because they couldn't keep the safety. That's what, yeah, I was trying to follow along with that as well. And I think the comparison or like reason why he feels so guilty about it is because he made a selfish decision because he like sold this stock because he didn't think it was worth anything and then he has to like face the reality of it that decision with what's happening around him yeah he was like yeah we don't need this shit they can keep like dumping bio crap in lakes or whatever and then he has to face a zombie apocalypse yeah they introduce him as being very like all about work which i guess is a common theme in korean culture is this idea of just like working 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 to the point of where you find out he's kind of going through i don't know if they're necessarily going through a divorce but he's definitely separated from his wife and they share custody of their daughter he doesn't know anything about his kid to the point where he asks his assistant like hey what do you think's a good gift for a kid and what he ends up getting his daughter is something that she already has and it's so sad and i like how they set it up how it's not that she's just not appreciative of it it's just that she recognizes too that he doesn't know anything about her and it seems like all she wants is just to spend time with him and he's busy working yeah he's just not there you find out when they're driving to the train station that she talks about the reason she didn't finish her song was because he wasn't there god just from the first like 15 minutes they're already trying to get me to tear up it's not that he's not a good dad he's just so consumed with work that he's just never there yeah he gets home from work and the first time you meet his daughter suan her birthday is tomorrow and all she wants for her birthday is to go see her mom because she knows her mom her mom will pay attention and hang out with her and they'll have a good time on her birthday and the mom had even called the dad to be like hey suan has talked to me and wants to come visit and he's like she's too young to go on the train by herself and i can't take time off work what about next week and when he brings this up to suan she's like well you keep saying that but you keep lying so can i just go on my own honestly i think she would have been fine on her own you know if the zombie apocalypse had not happened they let her just wander off the whole time anyway she's pretty independent she seems very very independent like you probably shouldn't put a seven-year-old on a train by herself (laughs) but i think she would have been all right yeah also in korea they have children's day and i just want to be like we should bring that to america we're not children anymore so it's not benefiting me i'm a child in my heart Uh, i guess we're all god's children He got her a Wii, which I think is so funny. And then she literally just points and she already has one. Are the kids into Wiis? It was so heartbreakingly, funnily sad. Yeah, that's such a generic gift anyway. Yeah, because it's probably just something popular because it's like a new game system, but it doesn't mean that it necessarily meets your own individual kid. Right, like what if she was super into like ponies or like pottery or... Or what if she really liked PlayStation? Yeah, what if she's like, dad, Wiis for idiots. I only play 
Xbox. I love Call of Duty. I don't know what seven-year-olds like. Wii is for dweebs. Can we even play Minecraft on a Wii? I love all the quotes that the dad has in the beginning because eventually he does decide. He's like, okay, I'll take you to Busan to see your mom. And they're driving to the train station and he confronts Suan about the fact that his mom had recorded her recital and so he watched it the night before and she made it like halfway through her song and then stopped singing. Kind of brings that up to her and he's like, you know what? You must finish what you start. And she tried to explain that like she wanted to, but she didn't see him in the crowd and so it made her sad. And I don't know if she says it at this point or later on. I don't know if she's this direct with her dad yet. Oh man, I wish I could remember. Because I think it does come up later. He's basically just like, not lecturing, but they're just talking in the car and he's just like, yeah, you should finish everything you start. And he like kind of starts rambling about that. So I don't think it is the point where she, which honestly, maybe would have solved all their problems in the long run. That's dark. I'm sorry. I mean, one of them does survive. Uh... Yeah. But they almost get in a car accident because this is another good indicator of how they're slowly building up the the zombie apocalypse happening because a bunch of like emergency vehicles go past like ambulance, fire, police, and it's a lot of cars and there's a building on fire and he just kind of looks at it and goes, huh, obviously just it must just be like a fire started and it's snowing ash, which I love. Yeah, I really liked that visual of the little pieces of ashes falling into Suan hands very beautiful i do like how nonchalant the dad was about he can see the burning building it's not supposed to start yeah, snowing <laughs> yet didn't know we we're getting black ash this winter he sees all the emergency vehicles go by and he's just like huh something's happening literally just says that doesn't give a shit about it i think it's like an indicator that a lot of people don't take something seriously unless it directly affects them yeah like i don't know anyone in this building there's no sense of urgency if it's not directly affecting you that or he just is super apathetic like the other day our fire alarm or our smoke detector kept going off and i didn't get out of bed because i just don't care anymore (gasps) the house didn't burn down but it could have and i I guess i would have just died well that's not good well i think next time you should probably get up just in case oh no we have to put riley on suicide watch you know it's a lot of work but i believe in you i know i guess if they start like screaming or something i'll get (laughs) up but otherwise i'm trying to take a nap uh, so train time. We get to the train. Everybody starts boarding. They do a good job going through the train and introducing you to all the characters that you're going to be kind of spending your time with. So you see all the baseball players. You get to see the old ladies who are sisters. You see as Suan gets up to go to the bathroom, um, she passes the, the prick businessman. Um, she sees the homeless guy. She also meets the husband and the pregnant wife. So they did a good job of really quickly introducing you to everybody and giving you something to cling to as you get to know them more. When they first introduce Sangwa is the husband of the pregnant woman, I thought I was going to hate him because he seemed like such an asshole when she reaches for the door and he just immediately like grabs her. What does he mean there's two people in there peeing? When he said that, I my brain didn't go, oh, his pregnant wife must be in there. I was just like, that's weird that there's like a line but two of the people are already in the 
the bathroom. It's so funny, too, because his wife, he's like, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine! <laughs> you, like, hear her screaming. It's like, oh my god, you're always hovering. Get the hell out of here. I'm trying to go to the bathroom. It's very cute. Yeah, I like both of them a lot. Every character in this, they do a great job with developing them. They are the cutest couple. What happens later is so heartbreaking. Everything that happens in this movie is heartbreaking. I was a wreck. A lot of tears definitely towards the end of the movie, for sure. The baseball kids are heading towards a game. They have one of their cheerleaders who decided to join them. You get to see the attendants kind of getting the train ready to leave. The train starts to leave and you do get a couple hints of more zombie stuff besides the lady running onto the train and that's you see like a group up at the top of the steps on the station. They're clearly looking at something and then when the train pulls away from the station you see something go past the window really quick. So it was almost like somebody was running or trying to get on the train but Suan's the only one who sees it I don't know if I caught that I definitely caught the part uh with the big group at the top of the stairs that were looking at something and at first I thought oh no it's a giant horde of zombies but it must have just been someone turning yeah and they were just watching oh my gosh and if there is not any more indication of how much this father cannot stop working as they are going onto the train he's still on his phone and he says I'll be back by lunch he wasn't even going to take half a day off to just make sure she got to Busan safely. I wonder how long that train ride would have been if it hadn't been for all the disaster happening. South Korea is not huge, but I don't know how far Seoul and Busan are from each other. Yeah, I don't either. And that's like a fancy train. Probably went real fast. Speedy train. Zoom, zoom. Didn't help them. <laughs> zoom, zoom. Didn't go fast enough. The homeless guy scene next where you think they're pointing out the infected girl, but they're actually pointing out the hobo who like made it on the train and they do play it off that he might be infected, but really he's clearly seen other people be infected and that's why he ran on the train because he, it is not safe. And it would make sense that the first person to probably know about something like this would be someone who is on the streets. Yeah, that would make sense because there's nowhere that he could have just been hiding. Like he wouldn't have been at home in his house or anything. Yeah. Oh, that's so terrifying you'd have to like face that directly no wonder he was in such a state of shock for the first like hour of the film almost the whole movie the lady who ran onto the train she has been bit you see her bite mark looks like she's trying to create like a tourniquet but it's so funny she like zombie like stumbles down past people and nobody notices her she eventually like falls down like in that little alleyway and an attendant is trying to help her and take care of her and then infected lady turns and then, oh, she attacks that flight. I almost said flight attendant. She attacks that lady attendant very aggressively. And even as she is on that attendant's back and the attendant is like running through one of the cars, everyone's just kind of vaguely looking confused. I think they play that off really well when she goes into the baseball team's train car. You can tell they're shocked and confused, but they're not like super concerned about it yet because they just can't process what they're seeing. And I don't think I would be able to either if I saw this happening in front of me. Yeah, I wouldn't assume zombies. No. And like, I don't think there was any way they could have been quick enough on their feet that they could have prevented this. No, because it happened so fast because they fall to the ground and then zombie lady looks up blood dripping. Everyone starts to freak out. She attacks somebody. The attendant turns really fast. She goes after people. So it's people turning really fast and like attacking the other people. At this point, people on the train have started to run away as you should. 
it's so well done how quickly it escalates and how insane it gets so fast. No, I agree. Like once they kind of realize what's going on, the whole panic starts to spread over the entire train. I don't necessarily have any complaints about this, Mm -hmm. but it took the girl who wanders into the train car forever to turn into a zombie. But once she bites that attendant, she's pretty much a zombie immediately. I wonder how this virus works. That like, is it developing more the more people that it's infecting that it's just kind of instant now? Or is that just a continuity mistake? My guess is it probably depends on what the wound is. The girl who's infected just has a bite. Okay, because she goes, like, straight for her neck. Yeah. All the other zombies are, like, yeah, hitting necks and stuff because everyone who just gets a bite takes a lot longer to turn. We have the hubby who gets bit trying to save everybody. He takes a little while to turn. Prick at the end who got bit, like, he's not even aware he's turning as he's turning. And the dad has enough time to give them instructions and to say goodbye before he, you know, goes and throws himself off the train. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe if it's directly into my veins, rather than just like a... Yeah, if it's into like a major artery, maybe, it just goes really fast. Honestly, I'm glad they didn't spend too much time explaining the virus or the zombies or anything, because it it doesn't matter. Yeah, it just happens. That's life. (laughs) Gotta deal with it. I love the reaction of everybody, though, as people are running through the train. So they cut from, like, the baseball car to, like, a little further down in the train. You see that the dad has woken up, and he's going to look for Suan, and he's just watching all these people, like, run past him. (laughs) And it's really funny because none of them are going, everybody run, they're just running. And then he starts to see the zombies. Oh, oh, jeez. It's just all very stressful. Like, he grabs Suan and they, like, make it to a car that is away from the zombies. And then, like, the pregnant woman comes out of the bathroom, like, right as the zombies are coming. They almost get locked out because they try to shut the door on them. Yeah, he does. Siok Wu, he just shuts oh, the door such an in asshole. his face and stands there and stares at him. And the dude's like, my wife's fucking pregnant, man. Let us in. So I understand why there was so much yeah. tension between him and and Sangwa for the for a good part of the movie. He's so hot. He's really hot. I didn't think it at first, and then he took off his jacket, and I was like, this man is the fucking Hulk. This is so <laughs> impressive. Yeah, and the dad character is, he's such a coward up until, uh, I would say, halfway towards the end. All the dialogue he has towards his daughter is like, look out for yourself. Stop caring about other people. Mm-hmm. Like, what's most important is you. And I'm just like, uh. I think there is a, a scene very close to now, though, that he's starting to kind of realize he's a selfish asshole where he tells Suan like I will take you to your mom no matter what like I will make sure you make it to your mom and that's that's nice do you know what part made me laugh a lot what was after he lets in Sangwa and his wife's name is Seyong Kyung he lets them in the train car and they're holding the door and he's like we need to lock it and he's just like no let go it's fine and the zombies can't figure out how to open the door oh that's great that's so funny I love the fact that the zombies are also like light sensitive which you find out later because they go through a tunnel and they just kind of stop moving and I'm like that's interesting I really like that it makes sense for why they're like eyes are all glossed over like it looks like they just have cataracts yeah they don't have any smell they just yeah it doesn't seem like they smell or sight yeah either but yeah so they realize that by putting newspaper over the glass on the door the zombies just calm down they're like well no more food i guess we'll just kind of waddle about bump into each other 
The design they used for the zombies, along with the, like, contorting, they're scary as shit. They're very scary. I love the fact that they do, like, this black vein makeup on it, so it does look like a blood infection that's, like, going through them. There are a couple scenes. There's one on the train, and once they get outside, that the zombies have basically, like, dogpiled onto each other that is just so unnerving. Have you ever played the game inside? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, basically the ending, they're at, like, this plant, sort of, and there's basically this giant mass of, like, people who have melded together, and it's just this big, like, weird flesh ball with limbs sticking out and shit. It reminded me of that. It was fucking terrifying just to see all these zombies, like, dog piled and working as this weird unit. I hated it. They did something similar in World War Z, but whereas World War Z was bad, they did it really well in this movie. Do you remember when we went to see that? Yeah, I fell asleep <laughs> in your car. We saw it at the, the drive-in. What else did we see? Despicable Me 2. Liked, it was right? my birthday. Yeah, yeah, it was Despicable Me 2. Oh, okay, yeah. Which of those movies are cute. And then we stayed to watch World War Z and it was just kind of like, meh. Yeah, it wasn't good. I've heard the book is really good. One thing I always wonder about zombie movies, and I kind of wondered it here, but I let it go because it's a zombie movie. So the point is they're attacking people because they're hungry and they want to eat them. How are there any like functioning zombies? Because I feel like none of them would have enough meat intact to stay a zombie. Yeah, I wondered that too. Unless they took one big bite and then the other one turned into a zombie instantly that they were like, I don't want zombie meat. I want fresh human steak. (laughs) But I I wondered that too, because it didn't seem like anyone was just flat out dying. Yeah, they were just getting kind of like bit. Well, I don't know how the virus functions in relation to like their organs. Maybe their goal is just to spread the virus. Like they're not really necessarily eating. Is the virus itself a sentient being that knows what it is doing? Is it like a force of nature that is spreading and doesn't realize it? What is the virus itself? I mean, viruses can be smart. Because even in the beginning, we see with the first infected girl who runs on the train, as soon as the attendant is dead, she moves on to somebody else. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just a food for thought. Well, and that reminds me of in Annihilation. That's kind of how the like spread of... I love that movie. It's so good. Yeah, like the spread of like area. X. It's just this random force that doesn't know what it's doing, but isn't going to stop until it takes everything over. Okay, what happens? They pass through another station, Mm -hmm. and that's when you really see, like... The chaos of, like, people being eaten and peeping on the train to be let in. And there's just zombies all over the place and they skirt through that train station. Everyone is officially horrified now. And that's when the news coverage comes on and they see the helicopter clip. And the government's just like, don't worry, you're all safe. We're gonna take care of this. I'm like, "Mm, are you though? That's such a realistic portrayal of how that would be handled though. I mean, it would make sense. You don't want to have people go into a complete panic. But there's also the fact that like, I know they're not going to do shit about this. I know this is skipping ahead, but how surprised were you by the end of the movie that the military was actually there? I wasn't surprised that they were actually there. I was surprised that they didn't just shoot them on sight. I'm surprised he even asked for any sort of command. Yeah, I I would have assumed it would have just been like, yeah, I don't know, just shoot whoever on site. Doesn't matter as long as we keep all the zombies out. We don't give a fuck about casualties. Yeah, I do love they subvert that because, I mean, one of the first real zombie movies is Night of the Living Dead. And that's what happens at the end. Yeah, spoilers, I guess. Um, For Night of the Living Dead? It's from the 60s. But your main character who survives through the whole movie at the very end is killed by mistake because they think he's a zombie. Honestly, though, 
I think, unfortunately, that movie is so timeless because that character happens to be a black man. That's absolutely what would happen. They would get there and be like, that's probably the suspect and just shoot him. I like that they didn't do the thing at the end where they killed them and it was like all for nothing. That's really where I thought this was going because several times throughout the movie, I say, well, it can't get worse, can it? (laughs) And then it does. (laughs) You'll hear that in my reaction. Um, it, It does. It keeps getting so much worse. So at this point, everybody on the train decides they're going to move forward. They're going to try to get away from the zombie car. <laughs> at one point, the dad, yeah, takes Suan to the side and it's just like, hey, I think this might be when he's like, hey, you know what? This is really terrible. I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll get you to Busan. We'll get you to your mom. And then she looks at the old lady and she's like, come on, come take my seat. He pretty much like in a way scolds her later on because he's just like, oh, at a time like this, watch out for yourself. And she kind of like looks at him like, why are you such a shitty person? I really like her response to that, though, was Granny says her knees hurt her sometimes. So she like saw another old lady and was like, oh, like my grandma, please sit down. I am a nice, empathetic little girl and my dad's a shitbag. Well, and I think it also makes him seem like an even bigger asshole because... Older people in Korean culture are are held at a higher place than like how we hold our elderly. Mm-hmm. So I think that shows you how shittier the dad is than even we see. Like it's like, oh, he doesn't even care for the old people. The conductor comes over the speakers to pretty much just tell them like, hey, at the next stop, the military is supposed to be there. So we're going to get off the train at like the next stop or whatever. We'll see how well that goes. Oh, the military are there. <laughs> They're definitely You're there. Right. They are there. <laughs> Um, but before we get to the point where they all get off the train to go meet the military, um, Suan is close to, um, the pregnant lady and her husband, and they have a really, really touching scene where the really nice pregnant lady, she has, like, gummy worms, and she's she's like, do you want a gummy worm? And she's, like, sleepy likes them, and you find out that her husband is the one who's gonna name their baby, but he can't decide. So she's like, I just have to call the baby sleepy. I really like that. There's a lot of really funny lines. The husband says something like he points at her stomach and says i made that <laughs> yeah she goes you idiot <laughs> yeah they were very cute and then suan feels the baby kick it's very sweet yeah that's that's a very nice moment to ease some of that tension and then he's standing there like asking questions about the dad still though that guy's an asshole i'm gonna get some intel on him and the wife has to keep like hitting him like this is his daughter stop stop asking these questions to his his very young child she's like he's a fun manager and he's like hmm That's why he's an asshole. Capitalism. Yeah, he's right. And we get another moment where he's an asshole again because I think it's his assistant he talks to, but he's calling because he wants to know if the place they're stopping at is actually safe, like where they need to go. He's informed that they'll be in quarantine when they get there, and he's like, oh, can't have that. So his assistant pretty much just says, hey, if you get here, go to this place where where everyone else won't be instructed to go and we'll get you on another train. And so his plan is he's going to take his daughter, be a selfish asshole, and go they're gonna go by themselves and get on this other train and leave everyone else there okay so was that the reason he did not want to be quarantined is that he was just trying to get back to work i think so okay because when they wander off the homeless man follows them as well and he's like i don't want to be quarantined either but wouldn't you want to be because that sounds safest well maybe it's got a different connotation because maybe it means they think they're gonna kill them i mean even with us here in america like we had quote-unquote quarantine but not really we've never 
never been under like martial law quarantine so maybe it isn't pleasant i mean i assume it wouldn't be pleasant but it would still be the best bet for making it out alive <laughs> which is all you should be concerned about can't sell stocks to zombies sir you know how much zombies love stocks i mean capitalist zombies i guess yeah so they get to the station they kind of all start to wander off the dad grabs suan and they kind of go to the side I love this because he tries to explain to her, like, why they're going a separate way. And she essentially just shames him for being a coward. At this point, everyone else has kind of walked off towards where they're supposed to go. And they start to go down the steps and like, oh, look, the army's there. Thank God. And then the army turn around and they're oh, all fuck. zombies. Well, there's that shot of, I think it's Suan, the dad, and the homeless guy. And one of them you see in the background, like he kind of stumbles into the shot. Yeah. And they start like calling out for him. I'm like, this is awful. Do not run towards him. He's definitely a zombie. And then you see the rest of the military and they're all zombies as well and it's just terrifying yeah they do a good job of juxtaposing the hobo the dad and and suan looking at this one military guy coming down the hallway along with the other people from the train going down the steps and then realizing that the rest of the army has changed so they both groups realize at the same time and what's great about this and it's a beautiful shot is that at this point the dad is already halfway down the hallway he and the homeless guy like started to go towards him And, like, he turns around and you just see all these zombies running in the background. And you see Suwon just standing there way too far away for him to get to. And, like, you just think, oh, this little girl's about to die. But no! Prager lady and the nice husband, they come up and they grab her. I love them. That part when uh, Sangwa and his wife are going down the stairs towards the zombies and he just kind of like jumps over. Were they on like an escalator or something? Oh yeah, he just like picks her over and like places her and jumps over himself. (laughs) I love that. No time to think. Oh, thank God for this guy. Yeah. He is a literal like fucking action star. They, They would all be dead if it weren't for him. Absolutely. This whole action set piece is just so well done. All the people from the train are trying to get to another train. They're all trying to escape. You've got all this chaos happening. The father, like, gets into a scuffle with a zombie and then uses a book as a way to get out of it. It's so tense and well done. And surprisingly, nothing seems, like, way too over the top. Like, it just works so well. Even some of the scenes that feel like they're about to feel very over the top. Like when everyone has made it onto the train and they're now leaving the army zombies and Sangwa is running towards the train to reach for like Tiakwu's hand and he's got the like police shield and baton. I'm like, this could have... He needs to be in the next Fast movie. Yeah. like <laughs> I love him. It, that's what they should have named the sequel. Too Fast, Too Zombie. Too Fast, Too Busan. Ooh, I love it. But yeah, like it could have been really corny or like looked really stupid, but it's all so well choreographed that these action scenes are very fun to watch yeah they're a lot of fun um this is i think the first time you see a lot of the characters start to work together Mm -hmm. because even though the dad shut the door on um the husband and the pregnant woman when the dad's getting attacked by that zombie and finally throws him off they don't just lock the door they like yell at him like come on douchebag get in here (laughs) I mean, I assume if I'm stuck in the zombie apocalypse, I'm trauma bonding with whoever I am stuck there with. But also, why are they so eager to survive? I would just kill myself. I don't want to deal with the zombies. A lot of people do die. None of the main characters die. For the most part, everybody gets back on the train. There's a couple moments that are notable, which is that you do have a bunch of groups get separated. 
Okay, so you have the core of the survivors plus one of the older sisters and the prick, the rich guy, who we haven't really talked about. Well, we'll talk about him during his big fun moment. And then you have the baseball girlfriend. They end up in car 15 with the main survivors. Car 13 is Suwon, the pregnant lady, one of the older ladies, and um, the homeless guy. And then the last car ends up being, I guess we'll call him baseball boyfriend. You've got our main character, the dad, and then you've got the husband end up in car nine. You essentially have three different groups that are separated. Once the car that's got the dad and the husband and the boyfriend in it realize that they have surviving friends, not only in car 15, but car 13, they're like, okay, goal. We're going to somehow get through all these zombies. We're going to get to car 13, save all of those people. And then all of us are going to go and we're going to join everybody else in car 15. All right. So that is our plan. And overall, they do a pretty good job. It is pretty tense. This whole action set piece, I think, is really well done. And I think the fact that they decide to wrap their arms is so smart. Yeah, you see him start putting, like, duct tape on his arms. It's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That way, if he does get bitten, it's not going to, like, break through the skin immediately. He'll have that buffer there. Yeah, and when they start going through the cars, that's when they realize the blind weakness, which is anytime they go through a tunnel, the zombies get blinded, so they're only listening. So they all kind of, like, calm down. There's that part where... Siokwu is like, hey, give me your cell phone. Sangwa gives it to him and he like slides it down the train car and turns it on and calls it and like his ringtone goes off. And I just felt so bad. It's like, I hope he took down his wife's number because that guy's not getting his phone back. <laughs> yeah, it was smart though. It was very smart. There's even a moment they stop in between the cars. They like go into a bathroom because the lights come back on until the next tunnel comes. Mm-hmm. It's very short, but they have some pretty good bonding time. And they like joke around and stuff. Yeah, they're making fun of Sangwa for his ringtone he's like what's wrong with it how do I change it (laughs) yeah he's like I didn't realize you could change (laughs) (laughs) there are a lot of like pretty notable things that happen while they're going through the train cars the husband character is so strong I feel like he throws one of these zombies like all the way to the end of the car it's it's insane well there's that part where he throws him on the ceiling I was like I didn't realize that trains work the same way as like an airplane he's so buff he's insanely buff like once he took his jacket off I honestly did not realize his arms were just fucking massive it's great and I think my favorite car is probably when they get to the, the other baseball player car where it's all of his zombie friends. Oh my God. And I love that they gave him this little character beat where they even accept that. They're like, oh, well, he can't fight his friends. So they try to just do it on their own. But then he eventually has to be like, I'm going to fight back. And he starts whacking people with his bat. That's really interesting too. And I know they've done it in a ton of zombie movies, but just like facing that reality of like, it's people that you know is well it's not just these random strangers yeah monsters that you don't care what's happening or if they live or die i really like that part of the film and i'm really thankful for these characters that they played baseball and not like soccer or something that wouldn't involve a bunch of weapons essentially to (laughs) kill these zombies they do end up meeting up with everybody it's very sweet they have like a quick reunion They come up with a plan, which is essentially there's too many zombies in the car in front of them. So they decide to crawl on the sides where like the baggage would go. It goes pretty well until they get everybody down except the homeless guy and he like falls. And so the dad has to go back to get him. I love the way they choreograph this. He literally is right at him, like getting him up and like comes back and they like push away from each other. 
mm-hmm. because the zombies will see them. And goddamn that can of soda. They almost make it out. Steps on a can of crush. And then they have to run for it. And this is when the sadness happens. Dude, this was one of the most tense scenes of the movie is just that part with them crawling. And then they finally get down. You're like, okay, everything's going great. And then everything just starts immediately going wrong. Right before they had started down this train car, the baseball boy had called the baseball girl on the phone to be like, hey, we're okay. We're alive. We're in car 13. And she's like, well, we're in 15. He's like, we'll be right there. And I can't blame her for doing this, but she gets really excited. And she says, hey guys, there's some survivors and they're heading this way. And the rich guy who's been a prick this whole movie immediately reacts and is just like, they're not getting in here. And he convinces everybody else, like, if they get in, they will infect everybody and everybody will die. So they start wrapping, like, ties and stuff around the handle so they can't even pull the door open. You would think, though, when they're literally beating down the glass with a baseball bat, that's when you let them in so that no zombies get in. But I said this to you earlier because I don't think there's a whole lot of social commentary purposely anyway in this movie because this movie came out in 2016 so obviously could not predict the future of what would be happening right now but I think this part of the segregation of the group and the fear-mongering leader guy not letting these clearly uninfected people in Mm -hmm. is mirroring what's happening in the American climate with all of the anti-Asian hatred going on right now which I just think is an interesting comparison not saying that that's what the film was going for because there's clearly no way they could have known. Yeah, but I think at that point, like, a lot of countries, and I think at this point Korea had dealt with it, had dealt with, like, pandemics like this. A lot of the countries that have had to deal with pandemics before handled it oh so much better than America did. What do you mean? they've had to deal with it before. <laughs> We've been doing great. It's only been almost two years stuck inside my house. Yeah, I think for sure maybe some of that was because Korea has dealt with something kind of not as bad as coronavirus is just because it is literally all over the world right now. But I think it is even more relevant today. And just the idea that, yeah, it's it's fear of the other. That's all I wanted to say about that. There wasn't a whole lot to add there. He does a very good job of being a villain, though. This motherfucker. He gets everybody killed. Essentially what happens is they make their way down. They shut the first door at the train car. If they had just let them in, everyone could have made it through fine. There wouldn't have been any deaths. But because because they wouldn't let them into the train car, the really nice husband had to stay at the door and hold it because of the zombies. Mm, it just makes me so mad because in the time that they're arguing with the other people in the door to let them in, the baseball boy, because they just say, break down the door. Like, we gotta go. They just start to break it down. <laughs> There's a zombie that's kind of got its head through the doorway. She bites um, the really nice husband. And uh, it's just so sad. They do get into the car. Um, the baseball boy breaks the glass. And before they can shut the second door that's in between that door and the cabin where everybody is, they like kind of stick their arm in the door so they can't do it. Our nice... Or what's his name again? Sangwa. Sangwa. Very Hodor style if you've seen Game of Thrones, but he holds the zombies off for a very long time so that everybody can get into the car with everybody. This whole scene is just so sad and he like names the baby and he asks the dad character to watch out for his pregnant wife and his unborn child. Yeah, they have bonded a lot over the course of these 10 minutes that he's like, you better take care of my wife even though I know 
you're a selfish prick. I like that Singwa and the evil business prick. They're almost like two different sides of his own personality because there's the father side of him, but then there's the businessman side of him. And over the course of the movie, he realizes how bad that business side of him has been for his relationship with his child. But if someone had saved my child, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I can to protect your family too. He's overcoming his selfishness. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting, the interactions that he has between those two characters because he obviously like warms up to Sangwa. They seem to become pretty bonded through this trauma experience and are like joking around and stuff. Yeah. But then once they do finally make it through this train, the evil guy, Yansu, I think is how you say his name. Prick, prick, prick. He confronts him immediately and he basically just punches him in the face. Yeah, it's great. Seems almost like he's confronting that reflection of himself that he sees in this man. Yeah. It's like he's punching himself. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> if I weren't such an asshole, is obviously like blaming himself for this whole thing. So he's like, if I hadn't yeah. started this mess, we wouldn't be in trouble. I'm going to punch you in the face because I can't punch myself in the face. Yeah. Not productive. I wish I could punch him in the face. The guy fucking sucks. So they smash the glass, they get through the second door, and the only other person who doesn't get through the door is the old lady who was with them, who is like one of the sister pairs. Oh god. It's really sad because- Poor woman. You see the other sister who's in the train car with the rest of the majority of the survivors, like watch her sister get eaten essentially, and it's really sad. That's gonna also come into play here in a quick second. I like how they did that with the younger sister though, like the second they get separated she just seems lost and like depleted so you know that if she loses her sister something bad is going to happen yeah as soon as she sees her sister get bit she is even more despondent than what she was before because when she sees her sister at first when they're like trying to get through that second door and she sees her sister her and the baseball girl are both trying to get the people to let them in Mm -hmm. she seems so hopeful because she's like my sister survived this is great my sister is gonna be able to be here with me and then she doesn't make it through the door it's like she accepts it like you see her like she's like if i stand here and let the zombies get me first those other people can get through the door and everybody in the car will be safe but yeah the prick essentially convinces everybody that they are infected and they should be isolated from the group they get put into like the little alleyway after that cabin and i thought this was hilarious because and maybe there just isn't more room to go like maybe it's the conductor space that's next but my brain was just like why would you not want to keep moving up well but their stupidity is what essentially leads to their death because the rich prick has them so convinced that those other people we can't let them in with us they'll infect us that they essentially trap themselves in their cabin oh goodness comatose sister looks up sees her zombie sister standing in the window staring at her and she's like i'm gonna let her in (laughs) I don't think that's what she was necessarily doing. No, I I don't think it is either, but... Oh, she needs it. She's hungry. I think it's more of like she is so mad because the reason that her sister is dead is because of all the people that are in this cabin. And so she's like, fine. Yeah. You all can pay some consequences. Yeah, I think the second they decided not to let them in, they sealed their own fates. Yeah. It's so harsh, but that almost is the punishment that they deserve just for being so stupid and selfish. And I think that woman, basically playing God, I guess, but honestly let her. Like, I I think it's what they deserve. Actions have consequences. I'm really glad that Jin Hee, I think, is the the baseball girlfriend's name. I was so happy that she decided to, like, go into the next train car with them. Because if not, she would have been screwed. Yeah. 
And so you don't really see them die. You just see like hands like banging on the door and stuff and they can't get in because they purposefully tied the door shut. (laughs) Well, you think they all die. Ugh, but that motherfucker is still alive. (laughs) But we go to our core survivors who have been ostracized. Daddy Dearest finds out that uh, he might be slightly responsible because, well, I think the assistant calls and he's like, it's all our fault. And he's like, no, no, it's not your fault. It's mine. I think that also shows a lot of character growth in his part, because I don't think he ever would have said that at the beginning. No, I think watching a bunch of people die in front of you because of one of your actions, it's definitely going to make you face that reality. Yeah. Well, they are trying to get to Busan, but as they get to one of the next, I forgot to write what town it was in, they get to another train stop and the tracks are blocked. So the conductor pretty much just comes over the speaker and explains like, hey, I'm going to go try to find another train. Like, Godspeed, you're all going to have to try to find your way because we can't get through here. He goes off and gets on a train. Um, He's really lucky that he doesn't really run into any zombies. Everybody kind of gets out of the car and starts to go their own way. Um, the baseball boy and girl kind of get separated from the group and they're going their own way trying to find a way through this is when you go back to the car and you see that the prick has survived and what an asshole he uses the attendant who's with him as a sacrifice he throws him out to the zombies so that he can run out he gets like everybody killed yeah almost every single character that we have started with ends up dead because of this guy because of how fucking selfish he is yeah it's insane He is, like, running through the train cars as the baseball girl and boy are, like, we're going to break this window out and kind of climb through here. He fucking comes out of nowhere because he's not fucking shutting doors behind him. And he runs onto the train car where the baseball girl and boy are. And he throws the girl at the zombies. And then, of course, the boy, like, goes to try to help her. That was so sad when he throws the girl and he goes to, like, you know, talk to his girlfriend or whatever. And they're both just infected and dying it's very sad well i don't think he gets infected because i think he i think he kills the zombie or he shuts the door i can't remember i think he ends up pushing the zombie out and shutting the door but i'm pretty sure she she's hit yeah, yeah. she infects yeah, him she, she got bit and then yeah he's kind of sitting there with her he's accepted his fate and she turns and then eats him so sad i think from this point on i was just sobbing through the whole rest of the movie it's just sad around here is when i said well it can't get worse can it oh it can because there's a flaming train car that goes past and like explodes and (laughs) most of our heroes get trapped underneath like a train car (sighs) the dad's able to get out from under it but debris falls and he's trying to get the debris so he can get the girls out and the homeless guy realizes that the zombies are gonna get through so he sacrifices himself to give both Suwon and the pregnant lady enough time to slip under the train car to escape so that's very sad and then in the meantime of that happening the conductor has found a train he's going slow so that he's hoping that the other survivals will see him and jump on he sees the prick rich guy running so he goes to try to help him and I know he had no way of knowing but that was infuriating it's like this conductor man is being so brave he's trying so hard to save these people and now because he wants to help this man he's gonna fucking die yeah and that's essentially what happens is that prick uses him as another sacrifice so that he can get up and make it to the train just infuriating yeah it's really aggravating and at this point you don't see him get to the train we go back to the dad suan and the pregnant lady they see the train going and so they start running towards the train luckily they catch on it's very tense they're being chased by all the zombies they get on the train the zombies start grabbing 
onto the train. They are dogpiling on each other, which is slowing the train down. And it's like, oh no. It's so creepy. Siokwu is just like kind of kicking at some of their hands. I'm like, no, you're outnumbered. And the one starts running on top of all of the other zombies to like attack him. Yeah. That's so scary. But he does end up kicking them all off. So at this point, you think, okay, it's over, right? They're on the train. The zombies aren't there anymore. I thought it was going to end right here. The scene with the train car and the hang- the hangers on for the zombies is so tense that you forget about the rich prick. They're going to go to the place where the conductor sits so they can control the train. And guess who's there? My best friend. Best friend who has been bit and is almost done turning into a zombie. The rich prick. Here's the thing. I hated this man. He was a great villain. Very good. But this scene where he is so disoriented, he's like childlike. He's like, hey, I don't know where I am. I'm supposed to be meeting my mom. This is my address. Will you help me? Seok Woo has to be like, hey, you're infected. I started crying even harder. I'm like, I hate this man. And this is so tragic. Ooh, I feel like I'm going to cry thinking about it. Yeah, because he reverts like back to childhood. And I think part of you realizes like, oh, he's a villain, but he was just like our hero in the beginning. I thought it was so funny when they realize he's in there and they're like, oh, it's fine. The door shut. Then he opens the door and you're like, what? He's the only zombie who knows how to use a lock. <laughs> but then you find out it's because he's not fully transformed. Ugh. The saddest of the saddest things happens is that the prick completely turns. He starts trying to attack them. And in the scuffle, the father really does sacrifice himself so that he can stop him. He literally puts his hand over the zombie's mouth so he can't bite either of the girls and then he throws him off the train but he does get bit in the process. I thought that was so smart of the dad to like chain himself to the train so that he doesn't get thrown off while they're fighting. Oh my gosh yeah it's so smart. The other guy falls but he's he's fine. Well, well, he's not. He's not fine. And why isn't he fine? Motherfucker bit him. I think it was something where it was probably a lot of adrenaline. So I don't think he really realized it until he gets back on the train and looks down and sees that bite mark and realizes what it means. Oh. It's so sad. It means I'm going to start crying harder. He literally like takes both of the girls and he like brings them into the conductor place. He explains how the break works to the pregnant lady. He says goodbye to his daughter and it's, it's so sad. The two things I get me the most are he leaves and the pregnant lady essentially has to hold Suan because she's like fucking wailing yeah and she's like screaming and in just desperation to get to her dad and oh there's just this beautiful scene where he is almost transformed he's at the back of the train his last memory of him holding his daughter for the first time when she was born and you see this just big smile on his face because he's so happy that he's finally realized that like his daughter is what was most important to him and then this beautiful shot where it's a silhouette of his shadow on the train and it just like falling off the train it's it's so beautiful and it's so sad i think it's tragic but i think it works so well for the story his arc being complete uh it is so effective that i am like tearing up thinking and talking about it it's just beautiful the man who selfishly kept telling his daughter to only think about yourself and at the end he is willing to sacrifice himself not only just for his daughter but for essentially a stranger which is the pregnant woman who i guess is her mom now because he said i'll do anything to get you to your mom but we find out at some point that she's definitely dead and his mom is dead as well we get a really sad phone call between the two of them oh i forgot about that his mom calls him and while they're on the phone you can hear her her turning awful so tragic oh god this movie's sad and it 
And there's still more. There is. And you think it's going to get worse, but it actually doesn't somehow. Thank God. I could not handle it. The train gets us some wreckage at a tunnel. The girls get off the train. They're slowly walking down the tunnel. You cut to the end of the tunnel where there is military there. They seem to be in control. They ask, like, what do we do? Do we shoot them? And they're like, can you verify if it's a zombie? And they're like, no. And they're like, well, then just kill them. <laughs> Which, holy fuck. I mean, I understand it's a very dire situation, but knowing that they're not dead or they're not zombies, you think they're going to get shot, and then you hear Suan singing the song that she wasn't able to complete for her recital, which is Aloha Oi. You know why I hate this song? Because this song is always sad and I associate it the most with Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch is one of, if not the saddest Disney movie. Just the line until we meet again is just so sad. In this circumstance especially. The song itself is sad too, right? Because it was the queen who sang it to her people, right? I have no idea. Sure. I had to look up the history, but I think like when the queen um, gave up her country to the Americans... I don't know if she wrote it, but I think she sang this song to her people. But I could be wrong. I'd have to look up the history. I don't know. I'm just going to blindly believe that. I love the ending of this so much because I love that it's not dark and they don't die. I like that somebody makes it. I also really like the fact that the song, I feel like, serves a double purpose, which is she is singing it as like a memorial to her dad. But at the same time, it's like her dad reaching, reaching out from death to protect her <sighs> because the fact that she sings this song is a reason they don't get shot because they hear the music and they're like these people are alive that was such good timing too because <sighs> his finger is on the trigger he is about to pull it i understand Ooh, also right unfortunately for them it was a pregnant woman and this poor like seven-year-old girl who's trying to like help her walk and they do they're moving very slowly it's hard to tell they're in this shadow i mean pregnant lady's super pregnant so she's waddling i thought she was going to give birth through the entire movie Every time something bad happened, I was like, now she's going to go into labor and that we're going to have to deal with that. That is funny because that's normally how it goes, isn't it? I feel like that definitely happens in Dawn of the Dead, doesn't it? I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead in years. I honestly don't really remember. We should have asked Ryan. This little actress they have, she's she's just so good. She's fantastic. They're all phenomenal in this film. And I got really excited. I know when, when I was watching it, I sent you a message. I was very excited that... um. What's his name? The guy from Parasite is in it. He plays the... Yeah, he's the baseball, the baseball guy. Choi Wushik, I think his name in real life is. Yeah, it was really funny because when you sent that, I think I would have figured it out, but your description of it was so vague. <laughs> You're like, hey, the guy from Parasite, he's the boy in the hat. And I was like, okay, there's a lot of boys in hats. <laughs> like, there's a lot of characters in Parasite. There's a whole baseball team. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> but then the next time he came on screen, I was like, that's why he looks familiar. Okay. Yeah. So I know that sometimes we'll put in our reactions to a movie we've watched and Riley did record their audio for this movie, but I couldn't figure out a way to naturally work it in. So I've created a new segment that I would like to call Riley Reacts. So please enjoy this compilation of reactions. Okay. Oh God. Oh my god, I hate the way they move. I don't think you should take that risk. Oh my god, zombies are idiots. Oh god, this stupid zombie movie's gonna make me cry. 
Oh fuck, oh my god. Are they just gonna drop him off to die? How old is this girl, like seven? Oh fuck, oh good. All of the army is zombies. Dude, why would you run towards him? <laughs> that was so stressful. They almost got him. Ooh, I got so stressed out, I stood up. Zombies only weakness is doors. Oh fuck, oh my god. No, not the sweet old ladies. Oh my god, they just left the other one? <laughs> I fucking hate this. Uh, oh my god, they're so scary. Oh good, now I'm crying again. Oh my god, there's so many zombies. Dude, why is he taunting him in the middle of the zombie apocalypse? Better run. Oh fuck, are you joking? Oh my god, they're actually not gonna let them in. Oh my god, oh fuck, did he get bit? He was my favorite one! Oh good, they're gonna make me cry again because he's fucking old ladies. Oh no. Are you fucking joking? Oh shit, wait, what? I can't imagine this getting more sad, right? Is this bitch going into labor? Oh no. Oh, I'm gonna cry again. Dude, fuck you. <laughs> Getting so much worse. Oh my god, are you fucking joking? Ooh, I really don't like when they pile up like that. <laughs> oh, this is very upsetting. Is he the only zombie who knows how to use a door? And now I'm crying and I don't even like this guy. Oh no, what is this? How much time is left? Okay, I feel like I know where this is going. Oh, we got him. Yep. Those people are just regular dead. Please don't shoot them. I hate this. Are you fucking joking? Oh, thank god. Fuck! Any closing thoughts before we go into ratings? Oh, look. I think I said everything that I wrote down. Yeah, this movie is great. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. Definitely one of the best modern zombie films definitely in the top for zombie zombie films overall i think everything they do in it is very smart i think it is well paced i think the action is really good i love the zombie design in it and this is a movie that i cannot imagine them taking one second of this movie and changing or taking out like it all just works so well together i agree i don't think i found any actual flaws with this movie i had questions about it but i don't think anything necessarily made me think less of the story overall and I wonder if this movie would hit even harder not that it doesn't already but I don't know that much about Korean culture I did see a couple articles that really like delved into why this movie was such a good commentary on Korean culture but I don't know that much about it that I could really piece that together and all that I do know about Korean culture is directly from media so who knows how much of it is actually accurate like we talked about in the video drum episode yeah they don't teach us anything in America. We don't know anything. We're all just a bunch of big dummies. I'm sorry we probably pronounced all these Korean names wrong the whole time. So let's go ahead and jump into our ratings then. So Riley, general rating overall, 1 to 10. How did you like the movie? I feel like you and I are just going to give it the highest out of everything. 10 out of 10, A+. It was fantastic. Every single element was phenomenal. 
it's a 10 for me. This movie is so good. Yeah, there's not really anything I can think that I like wish they would have done different or like that they could improve on. This movie is like a perfect film. It's so good. And I think when we review movies like this that we have both really liked, you can tell by the time we get to the end of it because we don't end up ranting about a ton of stuff. We've been pretty straightforward as just a commentary for this episode. Like, it was great. I have no complaints. Let's jump into what I've been waiting for. I really want to know what your horror struck reading is. Okay, so zombies are scary, but they're not keep me up at night scary. So I'm giving it three points for just zombies alone. And then I'm giving another one point for human emotions. So four out of ten overall for horror struck. Yeah, mine's pretty low. I would say, actually, I'm more afraid of that that rich prick than I am of the zombies. So maybe a two. Oh, God, that's a good point. The scariest part of this film is having someone's selfishness sabotage your entire plan. Or your life. I mean, I guess that's just the government in general, so we live with that every day. Fact. So yours was a two out of ten? Yeah, it's like a like a one or two. I'd probably just give it a two because, you know, people are more frightening than monsters. And I think the movie does a very good job showing that. Would you like me to share with you what my pick is for next week for us to watch? Yeah, I can't wait to find out, unless you've changed your mind within the past two hours, in which case I, I know what it is already. It was really hard for me to decide because anytime I start looking into movies that we should watch, I come up with like a list of 20. But it's a movie that is free on Prime right now to watch, and I think if you have Prime, you should drop everything you're doing right now and go watch this. And that is the 2008 film Lake Mungo. I'm trying to think of a good way to describe this movie without giving anything away, because we've both seen it, so I can't be like, what do you think this movie's about? Should I say what I thought it was about before I watched the movie? Because I went in completely blind. Oh, me too. I I was really surprised by what it ended up being. Me too. My sister Renee had recommended this movie to me a while ago, and she said it was like the movie that has scared her the most in the recent years. And just from the title, I was like, oh, it's going to be a ghost movie about a girl who drowns in a lake but she's gonna come back and like kill everyone it's gonna be like a vengeance demon kind of thing that's not even the like genre of the movie that it is essentially this movie is like a it's a fake documentary essentially but they shoot it like it's real which was really interesting but that's all i'm gonna say about it yeah i don't want to give away too much about what i thought about it before we you know sit down to actually talk about it highly recommend don't look up trailers don't do anything just go in blind yeah just hit play all right, horror fans, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Horrorstruck. If you want to hear more from us, you can head on over to Twitter and Instagram where we are at Pod, or you can check us out on Facebook at Horrorstruck Podcast. If you have any movie recommendations, you can go ahead and tweet those at us and give it your very own Horrorstruck rating. Until next time, horror fans, remember, stay spooky. Goodbye! Goodbye. Welcome to Horror Strap.